Hello, it is Feel Good Friday, October 23rd, and this show is brought to you by the greatest sports book on planet Earth and the moon. That's right. If you're going to gamble on the moon, you have to use our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel has the best odds, the best boosts, the best lines, the best humans, the best tech, the best everything you could possibly want in mobile sports book world. I just put out my super boost for today. It is a three-team teaser that has been boosted from plus 150-something to plus 200, making double your money in the hammer has been hot. The super boosts have been in fuego, and only at FanDuel Sportsbook can you get it. Get in on that one early because it is awfully tasty. It is. Let me read it. Yeah, I think you should. I should read it here. And I would assume you guys have already heard about this, but there is some breaking news here, I guess, for the podcast. This is the first time I'm saying it publicly here. Yeah. Now, this podcast won't come out until after the show or whatever. Right, but still. I wouldn't let the podcast people know. You heard about this. I said this first to the podcast people. That's right. The Bills playing the Jets. Mm -hmm. Since it's a tease, Bills minus five and a half. Mm. Okay? Bounce back game for the Bills, I assume. Mm Mm-hmm. Cardinals plus nine and a half against the Seahawks. Now, that one could be tough because the Seahawks do what the Seahawks do. But Kyler Murray at home, he threw like shit last game and they still dominated the Cowboys. Let's assume they piece that together. Plus nine and a half there. And Steelers plus seven and a half. (laughs) Those three things have to happen for you to win, but those odds are at plus 200. Go ahead and double your money. Max bet 50 with our friends at FanDuel. Uh, I believe we're coming to Tennessee next Wednesday. That's what I'm talking about. More states are coming. More states are being added on. Big shout out to FanDuel for being our biggest partner, our feature sponsor on today's show, and also helping me make a lot of money this year off mm-hmm. the field. Still hot. Still very hot. Very, very, very hot right now. My record on Hammer Don, which is another podcast, a gambling podcast with uh, Tone Diggs, myself, Gumpy, and Michael Lombardi. I believe I'm 25 and 12 or something like that. That's pretty damn good. That might be the best out of any human that speaks into a microphone on a regular basis. I'm not 100% sure, but I got this big-ass pinky ring to prove that I'm mm-hmm. hot. That's right. The hammer's hot. The pinky ring's hot. And this show hopefully will be a great one. We got some legends stopping by. Brett Kiesel, former Pittsburgh Steeler, who's done a lot of incredible work in the city of Pittsburgh, two-time Super Bowl champion, and I assume a very interesting guy stopping by. Mm-hmm. And... There are fights tomorrow. There are humans getting into a cage on an island in Abu Dhabi. Ariel Hawani will stop by. Good good show. Let's get to it, shall we, Ty? Let's have a good feel-good Friday. Last night, we saw the NFC East Mega Bowl on Thursday night football in Philadelphia. The New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles put a product on the field last night that had all football fans begging and yearning for more. It was clean football. It was great football. It didn't look like shit football at all. It was actually super entertaining football because you never knew what was going to happen next. There was a missed chip shot. There was a turnover on downs on like the four yard line. There was some fourth in short yardage plays that failed miserably (laughs) there was also a run by a man playing quarterback for the new york giants named sir daniel dimes last week he rushed for 74 yards and i thought yesterday 
that they might want to put a spy on this guy because he came back looking like Andrew Luck and he's putting the team on his back. I was not wrong. Neither were the boys. He popped open for a massive run. A run where he got himself up to 21.23 miles per hour, wow. which is faster than Tyreek Hill what? this season, what? What? Lamar Jackson, what? and even Ben Roethlisberger. What? Yeah, he was faster than Ben Roethlisberger. Jeez. Huh. They had tracked his stats. He had a plus 400 to score a touchdown rushing at any time during the game that damn near every human I know personally bet because we thought after last week's rushing dominance, he would go back to the well. Well, he was in the open field all by himself in the 20-yard line, came up out of the ground like it was the first casket match in the WWE, and the hand pops out of the dirt, grabbed his leg, pushed him in the top of his back like a classic schoolboy, but from the front instead of the back, he stumbled and bumbled for 13 yards, and down he went in the wide open field, not rushing for a touchdown. Now, in the grand scheme of things, they ended up scoring a touchdown just moments later. It was an awesome touchdown, but the plus 400 bet didn't pay off. It looked like they were on their way to get a dub over the Philadelphia Eagles, a rivalry game in which the two franchises hate each other. I'm not sure if they currently do, but I know all the ex-players, ex-Eagles, ex-Giants hate each other. Talk a lot of shit going into it. And it looked like the Giants were going to win this game. It looked like the 1-5 Giants were going to go into the 1-4-1's Eagles house and steal a victory. But instead, Carson Wentz puts the team on his back after a drop by Evan Ingram that would have locked the game up for the New York Giants. Philadelphia Eagles win. New York Giants cover. It was a beautiful Thursday night for everybody. All the boys are here, and we'll talk about that and the upcoming games this weekend, which there are some great ones. There are some good gambling options if you want to get into it. And our guest today, oh, we got Brett Kiesel. Oh, yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, former defensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Feels like that's becoming a trend here. Every Friday we have a Steeler. Uh, I'm okay with that. We'll keep it going. <laughs> Brett Kiesel games. played for a long time, won a couple of Super Bowls. He does, he does something in Pittsburgh he's been doing for a long time called Shear the Beard, where he shaves his magnificent beard, maybe the best beard. It should be a it would be a champion beard if it won into mm -hmm. those beard contests. Great beard. He shaves it every year. He's been doing it for 10 years for the Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. It has done so well and been so amazing. They just made a mural of the man on the side <laughs> yeah. of the hospital. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's one of those things. This guy is a living legend in Pittsburgh for good reason, for what he's done off the field and on the field. He's still very connected to the Pittsburgh Steelers team, and people said he's Ben Roethlisberger's best friend. I got questions. <laughs> Cannot wait to chat with him. Also, we have Ariel Helwani from ESPN to talk about the humans fighting each other uh, tomorrow over there in Abu Dhabi Ooh. on an island. Uh, headliner, Khabib Gaethje, the man... From, where's, where's Khabib from? Dagestan. Dag, of course, Dagestan. A man who wrestled bears, uh, like actual live bears, wrestled bears, swam against a frozen <laughs> river's current that was going at him, where if you watch the video, you can literally see the moments where you'd be dead uh -huh. and swept away. And there's like, it's a 20-second video or whatever. There's 10 moments of noted death. He turned sideways at one point mm -hmm. and is swimming uh, uh, sideways against a, I mean, this is probably like stage four type current going oh, into yeah. space. One of the most 
conditioned, trained, wrestling, legendary fighters in the history of the UFC who currently has a, a record of 28-0, but only four fights come in the UFC, right, I do believe. If that's a number, it's a low number, whatever it is. So a lot of people say, yeah, he is the best probably at this moment. You can say that with his record, but he's only wrestled or fought a few times in the UFC. So is his competition up to snuff? He's got a guy who loves destruction in this guy named Gaethje, who I think he ended his interviews and he said, like, enjoy the, the chaos or enjoy the carnage. Uh, carnage or something. It's like, okay, so we got some fucking big hands being thrown on Saturday. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll talk to Ariel Hawani about that fight, who we should bet on, and also some other fights that are potentially happening over there at Yas Island about who should we look out for with Ariel Hawani? And every time he comes on here, by the way, um, he's a stooge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, BSS. Guy stinks. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to him. 105, less than an hour from now, we'll talk to him. At Tone Diggs, you bet the under on last night's game. It got very close. Yeah, to yeah. The there was, <laughs> that was, that was a roller coaster under last night. I, last night was fucking awesome. It was like, kind of like when you watch golfers in the U.S. Open and it's cool to see them struggle. It's kind of like what last night's game was. It kind of was like, oh, this, this is pretty fucking cool. This is awesome. And I'm a noted this type of uh, level of performance fan. I watched the MLS mm-hmm. whenever they were yeah. down in Orlando. Yep. It was late night games. Strictly because you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. A goalie was potentially going to have a ball passed to him, and he was going to kick the ground like two feet behind the ball, trip on his face, ball roll by. Somehow a defender will come and get it. He'll fall. His ass will hit the ball into the net. It was like that was yeah. possible. And also possible was – a highlight reel, free kick, nasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yeah. like the range of events that could happen in the MLS, I think, is so great. It's like high school soccer almost, where you'll see, like, there's, like, one person who's really good, and then you'll see some shit. That's what the MLS was down in Orlando, and I was a fan of it. Yeah. Last night, same exact That's situation. That's the NFC East. The range of things that could happen. I mean, there was a beautiful touch ball down the sideline. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there was some a highlight reel play down the sideline for the Philadelphia Eagles and come and their comeback win or whatever. And then there were some things that happened. You're just like, see, that can't happen in the NFL. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of it. That's why. Watch. That's why it was the Mega Bowl. Yeah, it was a great oh, yeah. watch. I would watch that. I'd, they could have an NFC East game every Thursday night. I think that'd be ideal for all. Of you us. know, the interesting thing about you though is you're a big football fan, right? Yeah. You you bet so heavily on this thing that is banking on bad football though yeah. like, like banking on people uh to get bad penalties to miss kicks to go for it on fourth down inside the five yard line not get it mm-hmm. waste six minutes off the yeah. clock for nothing to happen when you bet the under uh-huh. you are hoping for failure yeah. and that's a tough that's a tough thing for me to fully understand but it's been hitting for you pretty good well pat misery loves company and i love to watch other people fail too so it's just something so that is your your style of football is failure football yeah See, I like big plays. Well, that's points. Like, that's points. I like 64-yard yeah. field goals going mm-hmm. through. You know, I like like throwbacks where they're scoring. I think I like big runs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like strips. And I like whenever they pick up guys potentially and carry them into their own end zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I like, I like that type of stuff. Diggs watching that game last night from the eyes of somebody who's betting on the under is like, he saw that missed 29-yard field goal, which very, <laughs> very rarely happens in the NFL. And Diggs is like, yeah. Like, like he <laughs> yeah. loves that, you know? Right before halftime, so I could go in the bathroom and you know. 
Oh, so you did. Uh-huh. That's how much he loves it. That's weird, isn't it? That's a weird thing. Can't do it. It's a different think, way to watch. I think just learning that about you, I would assume some other things you're potentially into, and that's wild, but <laughs> you do whatever you got to do. At Boston Connor this weekend, the Patriots take on the Niners, and everybody's uh, wondering uh, if the Patriots lose here, is the faith in New England in the Bill Belichick Patriots of 2020 over, and is Cam Newton on his way out of New England over? Now, look, all right, the last time we started 2-3, and three, that was 2001. You know what happened at the end of that season, Pat? We no. won the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Yep. We got the number two rushing attack in the NFL. The most important thing in that is the offensive line. We get our starting center back, Captain David Andrews. We get our starting guard back, Shaq Mason. You move the all-pro guard back to guard, Joe Tooney. I feel very good about where we're at. We got a healthy team, but let's see if we can uh, keep up with the old pretty Jimmy G Niners. Hey, pretty, pretty solid research you did there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate it and respect it. The fact that you were able to keep it all in line, too, shows your fanhood because a lot of people were tweeting – and I saw these tweets that you weren't actually a Patriot fan because oh, of how no. quickly you turned on Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I saw that more than once, less than five times, but it is something that is out there by <laughs> some people yeah. that are that are diehard Patriots fans. For sure. I don't think I've ever turned on Bill Belichick. I mean, when you lose to the Broncos, your team stinks. That is what happened. If you lose to the Jets, your team stinks. I mean, that is just the reality of the situation. And we lost to the Broncos. But again, it's a whole new team taking the field on Sunday, and I feel great about it. That was tough for the Broncos to hear there by you. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're two you lose to the Broncos, you lose to the Jets, same thing. It's like, I don't know. They got Sam Darnold back this weekend. Oh. Oh. Does that scare me at all about a part of my super boost, by the way, which is officially on FanDuel Sportsbook, is the Bills in a tease, by the way. So it's not just – it's a a tease. I got a three-team tease that seems very delicious. And the hammer and the super boost have been hot lately. So I would assume that this is going to hit. Might want to parlay it even with the straight up with the spread maybe even because of how hot the hammer's been with it. But the Bills are a part of it. Sam Darnold's back this weekend. Uh Is that going to change things? Because Joe Flacco did – uh, look a bit hesitant out there. Yeah. And for good reason. For good reason. I mean, people are learning that they are attempting to lose. They're, they're trading out those tackles on Sundays. Mm-hmm. They're trading out other positions on Mondays. It, it's an everything must go, including success in the New York Jets organization Here, right now. Here's a question for you. Uh, when they sped, would they when they um, oh boy nailed you it. got it you got this. Danny Dimes of speed last night when they tracked that speed last night yeah yeah sped. Did they, yeah yeah you got it yeah yeah he and you sped down the field oh, yeah. Yeah. hey did he oh, not he, he sped. sped down the field. field he was riding so much listen to this his his Walked shoulders him. sped down the field faster <laughs> than his feet think oh, about yeah. that how's that even mm-hmm. possible how does your upper body run so much faster than your lower body we'll never know there. never know but. I couldn't run that far if I had to right now. So there's nothing I can say about anything. But I will say that plus 400 Danny Dimes rushing touchdown anytime score thing would have been really nice. And I would also like to say that I think Twitter has softened up the gifts whenever you search for things. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? It feels like they've put like the... uh, like the softer one, like the son PG of a beast thing popped up. I, I'd top. never seen that gift before when searching for son of a bitch, which I have searched for before. And mm-hmm. that one was up at the top. So it's like, I feel like Twitter potentially changed algorithm of gift, huh. just like they changed the retweet button. That is oh, zero sense. Terrible. Makes oh. absolutely no sense. But hey, 
Twitter's smarter than us, obviously. That's the mm-hmm. right thing. Well, they want to promote quote tweets, I guess, so people will start interacting with people's tweets more, which I would assume they think is going to generate more interaction or whatever. But that button was down there still. Everybody knew yeah, what it was. Yeah. It was right there the whole you got people that do Twitter. You got people that just watch Twitter. The people that do Twitter are the people that do Twitter. They'll figure it out. The people that are watching Twitter that can't figure it out, who cares? They're All not right. the people that you need to uh, you need to help out in this situation. Eh. I've been on Twitter a long time. Long don't, time. Don't need to be policing it. But every time they change it, I... I tend to not like it, mm-hmm. yeah. but then I just go, well, there ain't fucking anything I can do. So <laughs> no, I'm just going to keep it moving. So it's a very interesting thing. But uh, whenever you said sped there, what were you talking about? Before I had my CTE aneurysm there. Whoa. Um, okay. You mentioned Joe Flacco. I mean, he, he When ran... he sneezes, I've heard, you got to let that out. Because mm-hmm. yeah. aneurysms, you hold a man, you get an aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah. Einstein. Yeah. Flacco took an 80-yard sack last week where I believe he was running 22 miles per hour, but it was the wrong direction. So I was wondering if they calculated that into the oh, fastest smart. quarterback this season. Yeah, well, I do like these new stats and analytics they have for the um, freaks on the field, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, when we learned that Derrick Henry was running, running what, 21.26 miles an hour or yep. whatever, and then you just look at his height and his weight. I wish they would also put out, like, standard human at his height and weight speed. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need uh, a yeah. – we need a – What's that? A denominator. Oh. <laughs> we need a. We need to know what everybody else is doing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite part of Run Rich Run each year. Mm-hmm. Like Run Rich Run, where Rich Eisen runs a forty in his suit, and he raises a bunch of money, and it's become a, a spectacle of the combine. And maybe I'm saying that because we're here in Indianapolis, and it's talked about here in Indianapolis a lot. I enjoy that, but I think the reason why I appreciate it so much now. Aside from how much money it raises and humans it help, but, but strictly from a sports standpoint is you get a chance to see what like a human looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rich is, by the way, not like a out of shape. You know, he's like a, a I believe he normal. eats healthy. He's, he, he is a perfect depiction of like, this is what a normal human does. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that you tweeting at home or whatever. And then this is, this is, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Sion Danders. No. Uh, what was Dion Sanders? Sky. Uh, what was oh, his, his, uh, um, his character's oh, name? Oh my oh. God. I should know this. <laughs> he ran rich backwards though. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is a retired, not graded, in a conversation, best athlete of all time, Deion Sanders. He's retired. He, he's now, what, double the age of most football players in the NFL. And he's running backwards, you see. And he's going at the same speed as Rich. That is, I think, the cool thing. And I wish they would start doing that with those stats. Like the Derrick Henry yeah. 21.26. Like, I wish they would do something with that stat where they're like, okay, this would be speeding in 80% of the school zones across America. <laughs> like, I wish they would dive into it a little bit to give people a complete understanding. Because whenever you compare this run with Derrick Henry's run, you're like, oh, everybody runs 21.23 miles an hour. It's like, no, this is an incredible thing. Right? Mm-hmm. This uh, is mm-hmm. outrageous. And maybe if he didn't know he could reach that speed and his shoulders didn't, and they're like, oh, shit. It's <laughs> like, I didn't even know we could get here, and he did it. That was a spectacle of a run last night. And obviously, the only thing that's being talked about is they were trying to compare it to the butt fumble I heard. Yeah. Really? Are you kidding me? And by the way, completely unfair for Mark Sanchez to even end up in that position. Like yeah. that, that absolutely sucks. Your guy gets blown up, and you... <laughs> I mean, that's an unfortunate situation for Mark Sanchez, but they're talking about it like they're going to talk about it like that because that thing got blown out of proportion, obviously insane. They're saying this is like that. I'm like, really? I don't. By the way, I don't think either of that you're going to get got in football. That's going to happen the way it happened, obviously, being New York and Sanchez. I mean, it was a pot there for uh, definitely. But I didn't think it was like that bad. I was like. I mean, I lost a lot of money here because it was 400 (laughs) bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. Do we think if he wasn't that yoked? His upper body was yeah. so heavy. Aviva Lazito just makes a great point there. Yeah. Maybe, you know, whenever uh, you, you have a friend who 
It's real short. Yeah. Freshman oh. year. Oh yeah. Freshman year. Then they hit a growth spurt like that's uh, obnoxious almost, oh, yeah. and they don't know what to do with their body. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like Jacob Sully when he got in that avatar yes. for the yeah. first yeah. time. Yes. You don't really know what to do with your body. Wobbly. Is that's what happened to Daniel Dimes because he got so yoked up. His lower half isn't expecting the upstairs to be as jacked. That is something we should talk about yeah. at Viva Lazito. You're asking the right questions there. Uh, at Ty Schmidt, if this kills the ratings for our show, but we should oh, talk no. about it. Big Ten football is back this weekend, <laughs> and the Iowa Hawkeyes have a game that I very much like to spread in at, at minus three and a half Ooh, against the mm-hmm, Purdue, Purdue Boilermakers. You know what, Hawks? They like you said, they've been ready to go for a while now. They wanted to play when the Big Ten said no. I believe they have already had uh, a COVID outbreak. I think that happened not too long after the Big Ten wasn't playing anymore. They had a bunch of players test positive, so you know that's in the rearview mirror. Don't need to worry about it. Kirk's boys are ready to go. I mean, Kirk's dogs are ready to go. It's as simple as that. They're going to come out. They're going to pound Purdue. And, you know, I mean, I think they could maybe, you know, sneak into the CFB playoff title contention this whoa, year. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, will, I will say this. And it was a point I made on college game day last week, which, by the way, me sitting on uh, this seat at this desk on college game day is hilarious to me. <laughs> just want to let everybody know that, that I understand that it should not be happening and I should not be there. But me being there is awesome. Zito works for College Game Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby Zito. Zito actually works for College Game Day. He gets emails to join conference calls and Zooms for College Game yeah. Day for the production side because Zito is back there kind of plugging things in and d- oh, doing yeah. the whole connection thing. It is. We understand that this is very dumb. Like very I, dumb. I understand mm-hmm. that. That Iowa team is a team that I, I do believe potentially could fall into my I would like to bet them this weekend. But the thought of them only having eight weeks to complete an eight-week schedule with no wiggle room at all. And we've looked around everywhere else. Every other league has needed wiggle room. Mm-hmm. Aside from, no, the NBA did. They actually they actually couple month wiggle room they needed mm-hmm. because of COVID or whatever. But it's they are going to need wiggle room. And now they're saying they'll be deemed a no contest. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you have to have at least six to potentially qualify for the Big Ten championship. It just feels like this is like, a, hey, everybody's going to have to buy in very, very hard here. Because we've seen now in a couple different NFL uh, facilities that – People don't exactly know how something happened. Tony Dungy even said, like, I guess he, I would assume that he has heard stories from somebody amongst his that he has respect for. It's like, you can potentially get it from a delivery. I mean, there is a lot of roll of the dice here with the Big Ten, only eight weeks. If you're every other conference that's playing right now, and you have 10, 11 games or whatever, and you were able to pull it off, and you got a team like Iowa who was only able to complete five games or six games, and that got them in the Big Ten thing. I assume those voices are going to be very loud about trying to keep them out of the college football playoff. Now, will the committee do that? I'm not 100% sure. But I think fans, natural reaction from the Big 12, because Big 12 is cannibalizing itself. That yep. They're going to have a one-loss yeah, yeah, team at the oh, end yeah. of that thing. You know what I mean? If you're from the SEC, the ACC, obviously, who has Clemson in there, who's steamrolling people, and maybe you have one loss, it's going to be interesting to hear all the other people be like, and how about like Cincinnati who might go in, BYU yep. who might go in, like Ooh. these teams that might go undefeated with like full season. Now, BYU missed a couple weeks because they had to miss a couple games, but it feels like that's something that could come very loudly. <laughs> There's some games coming up here for the weekend. Let's go ahead and go run through them. Steelers at Titans, we already talked about that a little bit. Steelers plus one and a half. I like the Steelers in this one, strictly because I think that the Steelers will be able to stop Derrick Henry, 
which, by the way, is not an easy feat. I just think the Steelers' defense is built to do it. I think they'll stop Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill more than the Titans will be able to stop Big Ben, Chase Claypool, founder of the Juju Foundation, Juju yes, Smith-Schuster, yep, yep, yep. James Conner, everything else. They got Washington out there, Johnson. I think they'll be able to score more strictly because of how good Big Ben has been playing and not, not getting a lot of credit, by the way. Everybody's like, he's still got room to go. It's like, yeah, he's still balling. Like, he is still throwing the ball all over the yard. That's how I feel it goes. But as a Steeler fan, you could see how you guys are a little bit worried about this one. Not that you're not worried every single weekend, it feels like. But this is one coming off that Browns ass beating. It's like, what do you do against a team that's going to come in there and punch you in the mouth? Yeah. I mean, it's and we're in the middle of a tough stretch where it's Browns, Titans, Ravens. Um, I'm actually, you said Derrick Henry. I'm more worried about Tannehill. I think if the Titans win, it's going to be because of Tannehill this week. I'm actually not worried about Derrick Henry at all. It's Tannehill. That dude. seems like a mistake. I don't know. I'm not 100% right. But, I mean, everything goes off of Derrick Henry there. You stop Derrick Henry, though. Now what do you have? You have Tannehill that could potentially expose maybe yes. a secondary. Is that what you think yes. is a problem? Is your secondary? Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, three sacks and interception every single game thus far for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mika Fitzpatrick picked six second series last week. You you say you don't have a lot of faith in that secondary. Well, who are they going to throw to? And play action's not there. I mean, AJ Brown's incredible, unbelievable. Okay, go ahead. He's questionable. All right. So who's who else? Well, I'm just saying I'm not worried about Derrick Henry. I like that. He's a big guy. I like that a lot. Not worried about. He's not the type of back that ever gives them problems. Okay, awesome. Let's go now to Chiefs Broncos. The Chiefs are uh, favored by nine and a half points at the Broncos. The Chiefs have struggled within their division this year. Chargers gave them a problem. Raiders beat them. Will the Broncos be able to do the same thing? This is a game I think I'm staying away from personally, but it feels like the Chiefs will be able to have a good time. You have some stats on this, Gumpy. Uh, It could be a snow game as well, Pat. Wow. But that has not slowed down Patrick Mahomes ever in the past. It almost feels like a couple years ago, I think, whenever Patrick Mahomes, maybe last year, Patrick Mahomes was in the middle of his run, snow was falling, and your immediate reaction is, oh, the team that airs it out all the time is going to struggle in the snow because rush game travels, the run game travels, and I think he threw for like 350 yards or something like that. He is a guy that he's an all-terrain quarterback at this point, but will that affect Drew Locke on the other side? How about Philip Lindsay? Is Melvin Gordon not driving drunk on Wednesday? I mean, there's a lot of questions for the Broncos fans to ask. Chiefs have covered in six straight in Denver as well. Oh, so maybe we are you hammering the Chiefs, Bell? Thinking about it. Nine and a half is a lot it feels yeah. like, but the spreads that have been more than a score or whatever, the favored uh, to favorite 24 team, and 18 on the year. Yeah, so the favorite team does cover with those big spreads. What's up, Diggs? To, to Gumpy's point, so Saturday it's supposed to be 63 in Denver. Beautiful day. Sunday is the highest 23 with 3 to 5 inches of snow during the day. I've heard wow. Denver has like an awesome, I, I've heard Denver's like that. Like every once in a while you'll just get one of those like uh, midsummer nights in the middle of yeah. December <laughs> and it's like, it's not high enough to always get snow, but it's, it's not low enough to be warm it's like in an interesting i've heard denver is a really yeah. cool city up there i mean i don't think but like you said patrick mahomes is also used to playing in snow in kansas yeah. city so I, yeah. I don't think that really matters at all does it the only thing that bothers you is when you fly into denver for whatever reason it's always a rocky landing yeah you know why why because <laughs> the rocks <laughs> i think it's because the rockies but it is it does it always is a weird landing and you're landing in an airport that's potentially home of yeah i mean who knows you have no idea yeah. what's going yeah. on under you and around you and everything like that it's always a rocky landing going in there will mile high affect that ferrari of the kansas city huh. chiefs offense mm. though? Mm. nine and a half points is a lot i'll probably stay away from that bucks are supposed to go over to uh, las vegas to play the raiders but the raiders are in a interesting time trent brown um 
right tackle for them, I do believe. A man who has a tattoo on his right arm that has been making its rounds on the internet that is hysterical. Mm -hmm. The fact that you get that tattooed on you, especially in a place that you know everybody will see it, uh, tells me a lot about it. I think you are probably a rather hilarious human being, (laughs) if I had to guess. It is being alleged now around the internet that he was found not wearing his tracking device or tracing device at all times whenever he was in the facility. And there are instances, because they pulled the clips, the film, from the Oakland Raiders practice facility, there are instances of offensive linemen unmasked together on the sidelines during practice while team was in intensive protocol as well. Wow. Wow. So they're on the sidelines of practice. Okay, they're offensive linemen, so they're probably bigger boys. Okay, they probably had to do a lot of running. They're on the sideline. They're tired. They're standing around each other. Can't fucking have it. Can't do it, dude. Online, hanging out with each other? Put the mask on there. You know what? You know what you need to think about? Why don't you guys just wear one of those mile-high masks that used to be able to impossible to breathe? Oh, yeah. That's oh, what they need to wear. Maybe it'll make you be in better shape, too. Because oh, yeah. I know you're an offensive lineman. you got to get down in a three-point stance every single day, and you got to do hand-to-hand combat, and you have to finish plays and run 30 to 40 yards every single play, even though you're 315 to 320 pounds. And I know when you're on the sideline, you're potentially tired or maybe trying to communicate and ask, like, hey, what's my job? Where do I have to go? <sighs> Spray water in there. What happened on this play? <sighs> Spray water in there because you're a big guy that shouldn't be running as much as you are but it calls for it in the in the job description maybe just put a fucking mask on and inhibit your ability to breathe a little bit more because it's going to take all of us boys come on oh yeah how many times do these guys need to be told that it's going to take all of us before they finally get it It, it's unbelievable they're standing around there talking to each other can't have it can't win with it won't Won't win with it can't do it the raiders might not have any offensive linemen though and uh they've had zero (laughs) positive covid tests but their tracking thing is now all fucked up because he wasn't wearing it so that's why they just sent all the offensive linemen they're like well we assumed this guy was around you guys right did you guys see him he wasn't wearing his thing well yeah we're in the same meeting all of you go home see you later they all go home so now nobody's tested positive other than this gentleman and now there's a lot of questions about you know are the raiders handling this uh with as much seriousness as everybody else and all this it's like uh this is gonna fuck them i think uh oh, their yeah. offensive lineman couldn't practice they gotta go against a bucks team yep. that bucks team looks like they are playing football very good at the moment and by the way offensive line not practicing is not good because that bucks defense if you did watch mm-hmm. last week mm-hmm. they get a lot of pressure on the oh, quarterback yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, I do not like the Raiders in this game. I like the Raiders as a team. I like the Raiders as a fan base. I like the Raiders and everything like that. Moving from Sunday Night Football to 405, I like the Bucks. This game also might move to Monday or Tuesday, uh, although there was no positive test today. If one comes tomorrow, uh, let's assume that this game is going to get pushed back mm-hmm. at least another day, which kind of sucks for uh, the Bucks who have to travel. But this is the way it is in 2020 COVID football, baby. I saw somewhere where so they have to like they have to be quarantined for five days. So Sunday, I guess Sunday morning they can be tested, and if they're if they're good on Sunday morning, they could potentially play. All five of them, even though they haven't practiced, definitely start on Sunday, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, because you don't have another five that are going. Yeah. Maybe one or two of them or might get yeah. like a backup might get in there, but you got your dudes up there. It's going to be a problem. And they're a run offense, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're an offense that feeds off of the run. I mean, they have done a very good job of that. And maybe, by the way, just like the Titans, maybe they got their rest in. Maybe they maybe they actually got reinvigorating mm-hmm. this entire thing. I don't know. That Buccaneers defense, I don't think, is getting enough credit by anybody with what they were able to do to Aaron. And uh, that is just not an easy thing. Now, he was off a little bit. He, mm-hmm. he even noticed, like, by one foot off on that yeah. one pass yeah. into pick six, which is, by the way, a credit to the defense. And then he missed uh, Obama. 
Bugatti Tunyon, I think, down the middle. Mercedes, or Mercedes, Lewis. Mercedes Lewis down the middle. So he was off a little bit. But other than that, there was a reason he was off a little bit. It was because that Buccaneers defense is humming right now. Very, very and on the offensive side of the ball, Gronk, did he just figure it out last week? That's yep. a problem as well. Mm-hmm. So I think with all the distractions that have happened this week, with the investigation into how they're handling it at the facility and blah, 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 all the, all the stuff that's – they're not – by the way, they're not worried about – it taking all of us at all. No, 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 no. That's what everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. I think with the Bucks coming to town, with it figured out, I just think the Buccaneers here cover. I do. I, I thought it was four. It's four and a half, I guess. Now I like the uh, four and a half in in the Bucks traveling to the Raiders. Is there a chance that these linemen just didn't want to practice? And they're like, <laughs> Hey, Trent, listen, just forget your contract, your contact tracer, and then we'll all get to go home again extra day of rest. All right. How about it was? Like, it's been like three days, right? Though it yeah. has oh, yeah. been three, three, yeah. four days. Maybe they wanted. Maybe, what they need. They no. just they just beat the Chiefs. Hey, look, coach. Gruden, let us take a break. It's going to be like a Nick Saban Bogot thing. <laughs> yeah. Whenever they test him morning of the game, and it's like, hey, congratulations, you get to play against the Buccaneers this afternoon. It's like, yeah, wait. <laughs> What are we doing? Are we doing? <laughs> is it the same game plan we had a couple weeks ago? I like I like the Bucks a lot. Packers versus the Texans. The Texans are getting three and a half. I like the Packers in this particular one strictly because it just feels like Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy that after you lose a game, he's going to come back and go bananas and i just yep. think that's what's gonna happen yeah i think this yeah. is a textbook bounce back game and i don't know you would know i mean like you were talking about the texans coming out and like playing for romeo cornell and stuff like that that's that that has washed off at this point. Right? Heartbreaking loss last week. Heartbreaking loss. Deshaun Watson knew as soon as a coin landed on the field that it was over for his mm-hmm. team. I mean, at that particular point, you probably think, like, are they turning it down or whatever for the season? I don't know about that, but I just like the Packers bounce back a lot more than I like the Texans bounce back from the heartbreaker against the Titans because the Packers very much still in it. I think the Texans know that they're slowly mm-hmm. fading out of this entire conversation. Yeah, I think the Texans' offense is pretty decent. I just think their defense is – like, Aaron, they, the Bucks made the Packers one dimensional last week so if aaron jones can get going a little bit this week i think Raj is going to have a very solid yeah uh the houston texans defense is number 32 against the run and number 24 against the pass yeah so not ideal yeah so things are going to happen this week and now Mm -hmm. bakhtiari will he play or will he not play it seems like he's not in from the medical reports but Mm -hmm. it's he's not out for the season which is good news right uh yeah i like the packers there i like the packers there for sure by the way, Texans played Titans very tight. That makes me feel even better about the Steelers Titans thing. Now that we're talking about what just happened there, I don't. Why is that only one and a half? And why are the Steelers getting points? What do people know that we don't? Is this going to come back to bite us in the ass? I am so confident in that pick, like so, so, so mm-hmm, confident yeah. in that pick. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't think. Well, and when the money's all on one side, it is kind of nice to think. Okay, usually if the whole public is thinking, let's go right. You're going left. Yeah, the chandelier happens. Exactly. The chandelier in the casino. And it's it it's kind of makes me feel bad because I think one of the things that has helped us succeed in this thing is I have a very basic palate. So normally how I'm mm-hmm. feeling, a lot of people feel. If I like a certain type of food, my taste buds are so basic, a lot of people are gonna like a certain type of food. If I like a certain type, normally a lot of people. If I normally a lot of people be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so in this one, when I hear 86% of the money's on the other side, I get very alarmed. I'm like, what am I, what's going on? Who's wrong? Who's right here? I'm a little bit worried. I can tell you, uh, just because I get it all the time on the internet, is no one believes in them in the Steelers at all yet. Why, and, though? Well, hey, that's because wow. people haven't watched the games. They so and they haven't, because they say they haven't played anybody. Which, by the way, is, I guess, a valid point, but you haven't watched the game. Like, I've watched every single one of their games, obviously, uh, just because they've been a part of my Super Boost here the last three mm-hmm. weeks. A team that covers all the time is a team that normally is playing good football. I've gotten to watch. 
that defense is a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a real problem. And I can understand if you haven't watched them a lot, you might think that, and they haven't played against anybody. I just think that that defense is a problem. But now, Derrick Henry, and they don't have Taylor Lewan too, who is yeah, a yeah. savage. I mean, there's just a lot of things. And if A.J. Brown's – I mean, it just feels like this is a wild one that we can really make some money off of it. And I don't understand that everybody's on the other side. It's like the opposite of what Tony's saying. Like Somebody the on the phone? It sounds like, like it. Duke, what's going on? I did not put you through. Hey. Hey, Pat. What's going on, Duke? What do you want to talk about, bub? Sorry about this. We are kind of just talking over while you are sitting there. I did not know you were on mm-hmm. there. Very nice to hear from you, bub. Uh, so you're a, you're a soccer player, right? Or well, you used to be a soccer player. And uh, I'm in Europe. And basically people always look funny at me because uh, I, I prefer American football to soccer. And uh, I wanted to hear what, what you had to say or what you would say to these people to um, convince them that football is better than soccer. Okay, Duke, you're calling from Luxembourg? Yes, Luxembourg. Luxembourg over in Europe. Not, not Luxembourg, Green Bay. <laughs> where, is, um, where is Luxembourg at over in Europe? It's, uh, it's a tiny country between uh, Belgium, France, and Germany. Oh, nice. Well, we appreciate you listening in, man. We're going to make a trip over to Luxembourg. What's Luxembourg known for? It's beautiful. Uh, the money, the banks. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Swiss. Ooh. Is like a Swiss type of situation yeah. over there? Oh, there's a lot of crooked um, shit going in and out of there then. That's what that means, huh? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Unfortunately, I cannot deny that. <laughs> I love Duke. Yeah. Shout out to Duke. Thanks for calling. I think the reason why I enjoyed American football, even though I played soccer my entire life, is because I enjoyed playing soccer, right? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the activity, the strategy. I think it is an awesome game and everything like that. But if something's going to take my attention, I'm going to watch it. Like, I want action. Like, I want things to happen. And although I know there's a lot happening in soccer, believe me, I played soccer. I know that there's a lot of thought going on. But when it comes from an entertainment value perspective, it seems like there's the same thing happening. And it's a lot of like, ah, 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 ah. You got to respect. For me, I have too much ADD. It's like, yo, I want to see something happen right now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There's a chance somebody could get. Uh, carted off. There's a chance you could see some Olympic level speed or athleticism happening. There's a s- drama. There's storylines. That's why American football is the greatest sport in history. And I think that's why I like it so much. And if I were you, Duke, I would say that's your soccer friends. Like, yeah, that's cool what's going on in the beautiful game. But have you ever seen fucking magic happen? <laughs> yep. That's what I would say about American football. Luxembourg's prosperity was originally came up through steel manufacturing, but with the oh. ma- with the decline of steel, it is now Europe's most powerful investment management center. So they're the Pittsburgh of Europe. Wow. Rust Belt kind of town. Rust Belt kind of town. So Luxembourg is a Rust Belt kind of town. I like wow. that. All right, we got to go to Luxembourg. Big Luxembourg. I might have been in Luxembourg, by the way, at one point in my life. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was in a tiny, tiny town over there, tiny country, and it was in the Alps. I should have followed up there. It was in the Alps. Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. Oh, there it is. Oh, My guy Jay. Shout Jay. out Jay. Very right there. close to oh, Jay. Jay. Liechtenstein is a tiny country. We played uh, soccer over there. I played soccer over there. The stadium is like in the middle of the, the country, basically, and it's just roads that lead to the stadium, basically. And it was like standing in the stadium. You just saw like people coming out and walking down to the stadium, basically, to watch our game. It was awesome. I did a nasty goal there. And then they took us out that night. It was very nice of them. We oh, walked, nice. walked, walked up one of those streets. I was like 15, I guess, maybe 14th to 15, I think. They took us out. Had a great time over there. Good people. It was very good. We have some update and breaking news from Tommy oh. Pelissaro. 
Packers running back Aaron Jones suffered a very mild calf strain in practice Thursday per source. Jones wants to play Sunday against the Texans, but sounds like it'll be a game time decision. We just went on an entire run about how much we love the Packers against the Texans this weekend. Running back Aaron Jones has been one of their studs. He's been one of their horses. He's been one of their guys that have made them the team that they have been uh, previously playing before playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past weekend. This is an interesting little turn of events here. I mean, granted, they have a good backup running back. They have another good running backup running back. But Aaron Jones is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Calf strain on Thursday. That's not a lot of time to turn that around. Would you want to waste Aaron Jones for the rest of the season, potentially making a mild calf strain into a calf pull or rip? Probably not. Let's assume if it's game time decision, he's probably not playing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's very mild, you just you let him maybe miss this week. Like you said, I mean, Jamal Williams is very good. Rodgers has a good rapport with him, likes him. A.J. AJ Dillon has looked Yeah, he's looked good in his limited uh, opportunities. So, (laughs) uh, you know, I mean, it stinks, but, I mean, if if he's going to get more banged up, leave him on the bench. A.J. Dillon is a known animal at running back. Very, very good. I mean, you should have seen him in high school. He was massive. What did you do to him? I mean, I put him in the ground. (laughs) What? Put him down. (laughs) I did what I had to do. How many yards did he rush for that night? Like 13. Are you serious? Whoa. Oh, yeah, I'm dead serious. Oh, so you guys shut shut him. That was he a freshman? You were a senior uh-huh. second time? Yeah, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail <laughs> His second freshman. So, you know, we evened each other out. Oh, so he did the same thing you did where yeah. you repeat a grade? Really? By the way, this happens wow. in New England that Very I do not calm. know happened. People just repeat grades in high school. You couldn't do that where we were from. No, you would no, get no. buried and ruined. But up there in New England, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you want to be a 35-year-old senior? Let's go ahead and do this yeah. thing. Yeah, when your birthday falls from, like, April to August, you go ahead, you know, you, don't, you look around your class, you don't think there's going to be much. <laughs> Success. You go, you switch schools, reclassify. It's a great time. It's a very interesting thing because whenever you said that, there have been numerous people that have told me, like, yeah, that's a very normal move up here. He had his junior year twice, this guy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. Can we stop a rematch versus him versus uh, yeah, AJ Dillon? Awesome. AJ Dillon's got those massive thighs, right? That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think you take him down again? Uh, it just depends when the rematch is. Well, what do you need, like, trainer? What, what, there is no amount of fucking time on earth. No, just, just I want to let you know. There is no amount of time on earth for you to get ready for a rematch in the hole with AJ. No, I was just like, you know, if the rematch. When you were 35 week, and he was here. a freshman, maybe there was a little bit yeah. of a difference there. Because you were an adult and he was, what, just coming out of fucking middle school. Just a kid. But you say amount of time you need for No, it. no, I said depends when it is. If I'm in town or not. Oh. <laughs> no show. Got Good it. cop out. Let's talk about the New York Jets getting 12 points <laughs> at home against the Buffalo Bills. I like this game. I put it in my teaser, my super boost teaser at FanDuel, which is the odds are next level plus 200 for one of the tastiest teasers I've ever seen in my entire life. Bills and Jets. The Jets. It has come out by numerous people that they are openly trying to suck. They are openly trying to enter through the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. They are a team that Sam Darnold is allegedly coming back this weekend to play the football as opposed to Joe Freaky Elite Flacco. Mm -hmm. The conversation around will the Jets win a game is one that will continue until they win a game. The real conversation, though, is will the Jets make any game an actual game? They've been dog-walked in just about every single outing. I don't plan on that changing strictly because the Bills need a bounce back. Now, there is some updates on the Bills. Bills ruled out John Brown, Dawson Knox, and Josh Norman for Sunday's game against the Jets. Josh Norman, formerly of Lake Norman, now known as Get 
the fuck out of my way from Derrick Henry, Josh Norman. That is a little bit of a bummer for us that are betting on the Bills, but I do believe this is a game it feels like Josh Allen will run up the score, their offense will come back to life, and the Jets once again suck. The uh, the line has actually moved down to 11. Oh. oh. What's that mean? That's because Darnold's coming back? Guess who's back, I, I back again? Darnold's it, back. Tell uh, a friend. I would assume it's Darnold. I don't know. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Jets are 0-6 straight up and against the spread. It might be, yeah. So I just don't know how you even take a, take a stab at them. Checks out, Tony. You're Thank right. you, pal. So they're own six against the spread and straight up, and none of the games have even looked compete uh, competitive at all. They've just been absolutely mollywopped through the entire thing. Uh, I, I like the Bills a lot here. I like the Bills a lot here. I tease them down. I think they're at five or five and a half now in the tease or whatever. I like the Bills even at 11. I like them at 12. I like them at 13. Yeah. Yeah. I like them at 16, even if you can get an alternative. I think this is a 20-plus point victory. Mm-hmm. If the Bills want to be what they we thought yeah. they were, early if the bills want to be a legit squad this is the type of game that the bills will come out and just stomp a team Mm -hmm. if you want to be the bills of the past which kind of ride the wave this is a team that people have stomped that you should stomp and also coming off a game that wasn't great you have to stomp so your fans can continue to ride that bills mafia wave that we got a guy we got a team we got a division without Tom Brady in uh-huh. it that we could potentially go and get at this point. I mean, point. you have to bet against the Jets until they prove correct. they can cover, correct? Yeah. Cannot bet I on mean, the Jets, have to bet against the Jets. Right. It is almost a gambling law at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if Sam Darnold plays well, the Jets are going to pull him so they lose by 20. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, it's very interesting. I would, I'd be intrigued to see the moves they make to um, – Certify lose next week, yeah. next, this weekend. You know what I mean? They traded away a guy who's a good. Uh, he's part of my draft class. D tackle. They literally. By the way, this was uh, created by a guy named at Jets Legacy or something. I forget his name. I actually told him the next time we run it, I'll give him credit. And that's on me because I forgot his goddamn name. I didn't expect it to come back up. It's an incredible edit by this guy. Yeah. I apologize for forgetting your name again. We did not make this. It was somebody else's work. We should give them credit. But I forgot the guy's fucking name. So that's, that's 100% on me. But it does feel like the Jets are trying to lose. There's no way you can't bet against them in this particular case. And the last big game of the weekend, 49ers are traveling to New England. New England's favored by two and a half points at this point. Every single game between Shanahan and Belichick has been like 34-28, yep. 34-27, 34-20-something. The battle of wits between Shanahan and Bill Belichick is one that is great. I think it is one that will be interesting. It will be one that... That we will enjoy and for some reason I'm, I'm getting a feeling that the 49ers are, are going to win this game Whoa. I don't know why I don't love that I will not bet against the Patriots so I won't bet this game but the feeling I have is that the 49ers win this and I don't think that's, that means it's over for New England I just feel like this is a game for the 49ers it's a long travel though over there to Foxborough Gumpy has the microphone that means there's some nukes and stats going on 49ers are great against the spread on the road 5-1 and one, their last 6 <laughs> Six and one, their last seven as a road dog. And the Patriots, dating back to last year, are three, eight, and one against the spread their last 12 games. There's some gumpy nukes right there. That is not good news. It's only two and a half, though, so I think the spread kind of gets wiped away in that thing, unless they just win by one, which does happen in the NFL. It just feels like this is a Niners game for me. Cam Newton said that they don't have a lot of uh, excuses left in the basket or whatever, Mm -hmm. so maybe they in the building feel as if this is a must-win game, but boy, I don't think this is a must-win for the Patriots. I think they could still go, but this feels like a game the Niners potentially bounce all the way back in and have a dominant performance. Yeah, let's see. I mean, you saw what we did to Las Vegas with Darren Waller. Completely took him out of the game, so you can hope we 
could do that with Kittle. And again, that San Francisco 49ers D-line is depleted. They don't have their same crew with Bosa and Thomas, and obviously Buckner's gone too. And we got our old line back. So let's see what happens. I'm not going to bet that game. I'm not going to bet that game, but it feels like the Niners. That's a lean is what they call it. Mm-hmm. I do believe. Mm-hmm. I'm Very leaning impressive. Niners here, but I'm not going to bet it. And, and that has been a downfall on this hot run that I'm on. I just feel like any button I push and feel like pushing is going to hit. So I'm, I'm making a lot of stupid prop bets that have been cutting into my massive amounts of success that have been happening. I've been very hot right now, but I'm making a lot of stupid, stupid prop bets. I'm going to stay away from some bets that I don't like as much to continue to build because I'm on an unprecedented run right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Billy Walters, I guess, is this guy who's a professional. Maybe he has years like this all the time. Every year. But I'm not. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> but I, he doesn't have to. Uh, you know, like speak that. No, 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 no. Much of, different. I'm not sure. There's a lot of people that are on the run. I, I would like this run to continue and continue to grow. And with this pinky ring that I got from Hammer Down for having the best record, it feels like I've almost been invigorated, empowered with this thing. It's almost like the uh, what's that nerd movie you guys watch? Yeah, Captain the, Planet, uh, Infinity oh, Stones, Infinity Stones, Captain uh, Planet for sure is also good. Thanos. Thing. Yeah, it feels like yeah. Thanos here, and this Gauntlet. is the fifth stone I needed. Got on time here. stone. Yeah. By the way, I did predict the ending of that movie. You did? Yeah, that's why. What was it, four months beforehand or three months? Yeah, three months beforehand. That's insane. I was at Super Bowl, and uh, Bleacher Report was doing these question and uh, answer things. And for those that don't know much about me, um, I didn't watch any Disney movies growing up. It's very, you're not going to see me watching a lot of movies. So anytime people give movie references, I understand that I'm probably supposed to like, ha ha. So I do like I do, (laughs) but I don't, I don't get a lot of them. Like I don't get a lot of them. So Bleacher Report was doing like this Q and a thing with me on the side. And they asked me a couple questions about football and they're like, now we're going to talk off the field stuff. You cool with that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. If it's on Twitter, I basically know what's happening. You know, I, I get that. And they go, how do you think the, what's it called? Uh, Infinity War War Avengers thing is going to end And the only thing I knew is that we had one of those Fucking hands in the (laughs) office Mm -hmm. And that whenever they had the things in them They were powerful And so it's just easy math for me How's this going to end well, they're going to take the goddamn things out of the guy's hand, and it's going to be off and running. They're like, that's what you think is going to happen? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely what's going to happen. Three months later, that movie comes out. Bleach Report runs that video, and in the comments section, people are saying that I knew the writer of the fucking movie, and that's how I knew the whole thing. Come on. It was awesome. That's one of my favorite days, because that's like Nick's thing, you know? Like, Nick's big thing is those movies mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Me getting that right is just me being, what do you guys watch? Like, the most simple, the, the non-sophisticated <laughs> movies of all time? Like, what do you watch? Oh, yeah, real bold prediction. You knew the good guys were going to win. Ah. <laughs> I just want to let you know, they interviewed like 15 people down there, and yeah. I think a lot of those fucking gaming nerds are the nerds no watched that. They had no <laughs> idea. They had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who is obviously a legend on the football field with Pittsburgh Steelers, won a couple of Super Bowls. And not only is he a legend in the facial hair community because his beard and his mustache, a part of the beard, is one of the most gorgeous things to potentially ever grace somebody's face if you're into that sort of thing, which we are over Mm -hmm. here in this office. And also off the field, one of the biggest legends to ever go into the NFL, his Shear the Beard campaign for the Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh over the last 10 years has been so awesome that there's a mural of him in there because of how great he's given back to the city of Pittsburgh. Ladies and gentlemen... The incredibly handsome Brett Kiesel. Thank you. What an introduction, man. I appreciate it. Congratulations on the show, man, and all your team. It's awesome to see what you guys have done with a lot of 
effort and a lot of grind, so keep it up. Hey, we appreciate that. There's a lot of Pittsburgh guys in here, so obviously a lot of big fans of yours. So coming from you, that means a lot. You look like a rock star right now. <laughs> For those that are just listening, he has like a uh, Zach Brown-like kind of look to him right now. <laughs> he has a rock star cap on, his beard's good, and he seems like he's in a lodge of some sort right now. Is that where you're at? Yeah, this is my barn. I just got out of the tree stand, buddy. You know, it's deer season here in Pennsylvania, so I was on to a nice buck this morning, but didn't work out. So I'm in here kind of shaded up in my barn. This is where, you know, I recoup and reload and ready to get back at it. I feel like this was potentially our fault. There's probably a monster walking out there right now, and that's on us. We apologize for he's that. coming by. I just saw him. Yeah, he's eating the apples, man. <laughs> where do you live? Do you still live in the Pittsburgh area? Of course, I love Pittsburgh. We live just north of the city a little bit, down the Ohio River. Uh, but it's uh, an awesome place. We're raising our family here. We're, we're proud to be Pittsburghers. And uh, I have a farm out here, too. It's kind of in the mountains. I spend a lot of time out there and have some cattle and whatnot and do some fishing and hunting. and. It's groovy here in PA, bro. <laughs> yeah, it sure sounds like it. And there's stories that you and the current Steelers still keep in touch. I guess you and Ben obviously very tight, but a lot of the current Steelers come hunt. I assume it's out on your farm. They come out to your farm and everything like that? Yeah, I've kind of baptized a few guys into the outdoor world, <laughs> into the hunting world. I have a pheasant hunt every year that I try and get some teammates involved. And a lot of current guys have had their first experience ever going hunting for anything at that hunt so it's fun i appreciate uh, the opportunity to share my love of the outdoors with them i used to bring deer jerky into the locker room Ooh. we called that our secret weapon you know that's how we <laughs> beat the snot out of so many people it was because we were feeding them wild deer jerky well little did you know that some people you're playing against were actually eating the antlers that were on top of the deer as opposed to the, right yeah, you should have thought, yeah. thought about that that was a secret weapon there for a while but um what is it about that Steelers culture you think because that is now granted the consistency at the head coaching position I think they've only had three in like the last 50 years legitimately I think that is an actual mm -hmm. stat there but what is it about that culture that now you're still in touch with them I think like Ike Taylor still feels very much still a part of the thing like it feels like that it is a fam. it feels like the Steelers organization is an actual family you definitely feel like that right when you come in the locker room uh of the family and that's why it's such a special locker room you know it comes from the veterans I think it started back in the 70s when they drafted Mean Joe and he kind of set the standard he was tired of losing didn't want to be a terrible team didn't want to be a part of that and that 70s era kind of set the culture there. And, of course, it's been in one family the whole time. They're at every practice. They're at every meal. They're at every party. They really show up for the team and are a great leadership environment for, you know, guys coming in trying to make it. And when you get in there, you know that you have a great fan base that's going to sell out every time at Heinz Field, and you're going to go out there and play for – loyal 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 fans every sunday even on the road yeah ike taylor told us that 
Tomlin told him, when you win a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh, you're on scholarship for life or whatever because of how, how much the Steelers <laughs> fans love him. And I would assume that is potentially part of the reason why you've stuck around there is because how great fans have treated you since winning. It feels like this is a year, by the way, that is very reminiscent of the teams that you guys were a part of where the defense was dominant, offense could score points. This team this year, with your buddy Ben coming back and playing just as good as he was a few years ago whenever he was at his top of his game, it's got to be a good time to be a part of that Steelers family. It's it's awesome. You can feel the buzz around. The team is keeping their head down and staying on the grind and staying humbled and looking for their next opponent. Coach Tallman does a great job of keeping his team motivated and focused on the task at hand. And it's it's great to see because, I mean, I remember I felt bad when Ben got hurt. We had a conversation. I was sitting in this chair, and I told him, I said, you know, you had a great career. It was oh, great. Retirement's oh. <laughs> groovy. You know, you'll, you'll enjoy the afterlife. Life after football is what you make it, all that good stuff. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, that's a pretty drastic injury you had, and I don't know, man. And he's like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, and I'm going to win another one. Oh, let's go. I love it. I love it because <laughs> that's how he always has been. He's always been so competitive, always loves it when people count, count him out. And uh, he's always in it to win it, and we always knew we had a chance to go all the way with him under center. So... It's great to see them clicking. They're just getting started. That that team's got a lot of weapons, and I'm sure a lot of plays that they haven't even laid out yet. So this is a big game coming up this week when both teams are going to kind of get after it, and everyone's waiting, and I am one of those people. Uh, is, is that one of those games where you're – you know, the media makes it out like, oh, this is going to be a fist fight. Like, this is the type of team. It's going to be a knockdown, drag out fight. I obviously played a position where I was in a fist fight every single game. Okay, at punter, you know, I was in a. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you, man. And you, I know you covered every punt, too. Like, your life depended on a bat, right? Yeah, every <laughs> single one. Every single one. But the. The thought of being in a position where it is hand-to-hand -hand combat every single play, whenever you have one of these games, especially back in the day, I mean, the AFC North back in the day, it was like that every single weekend. But do you know, like, you're in for it? Like, this week, the Titans and the Steelers, two undefeated teams, two, you know, just bully-like football teams at this point. They know that they're going in to just swing, and this is what's going to – it's going to hurt, but this is what we got to do. Is that the mindset? It is going to be a bloodbath up front. It has to be. Uh, the game is won and lost up front. I've always believed that. Coach LeBeau used to come by the big boys' table when he'd start our meeting and be like, it starts with us. If it breaks down up here, we don't stand a chance. So it starts with those guys and ends with those guys, in my opinion. And the defensive line that gets after the quarterback can cause turnovers, can cause quick throws, things like that is going to be a big impact. And if we can't stop Big Henry from choo-choo training his way down the track all the way to the end zone like he's been tossing people left and right, it's going to be a long day for Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, I can promise you the first thing they teach you, the number one, day one, if you can't stop the run, you will not play here. You will not suit up for a game. You will not be in this locker room. So believe me, it's preached in there. They better be able to stop the run no matter who's running the ball. Brett, in Pittsburgh, we always know the guys on the outside rushing the passer get all the credit. How much do you love 
now that Cam Hayward and Stefan Tewitt are getting credit as well because, I mean, you and Aaron Smith were the linchpins of that defense. Didn't get enough credit. Well, tip my hat to you, my brother. Hey, good oh, hats. By the way, good hats, you two. Good hats, you two. <laughs> but uh, it's awesome to see those guys. You know, the game has changed. I, I never remember – I never forget Coach Mitchell – when I used to get on the edge and try and get after the quarterback, he's like, that's not your job. Your job is not to get on the edge. Your job is to push the pocket and pressure the quarterback into making a bad throw. And things have changed now. These guys are really being able to get on the gap. And Cam and it are freak athletes. They're freakishly strong. They're freakishly angry. And they love hunting quarterbacks. And it's awesome to see them getting the love that they deserve because down in there it's a grind and it starts right there case you were one of the few guys who was fortunate enough to play for coach Carr and mike t uh what was that like transitioning from one to the other and in, in the different styles that they used that's a great pittsburghese bro. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. down in that it was awesome to play for both because <laughs> i learned so much from both you know, Coach Cower had his certain way that he coached and the way he, he conducted his meetings and his mentality. And uh, it was always kind of right there in front. And if you had a problem and Coach Tomlin was different, you know, he was much more in the locker room and he was dang near our age, really. I mean, he was like 31 or something when he got the job. So he was the age of some of us when he first got the head coaching job in Pittsburgh. So he liked talking to us in the locker room and he knew we had success before he got there. So he wanted, you know, our opinions and he wanted us to be able to know that we could go talk to him if we needed to. And that's a big reason why guys love bleeding for him is because, you know, he tries to show them that he's in their corner too. Yeah, Brett, uh, when you think about your guys' Super Bowl defenses that you had, they were unbelievable. When you look at the team this year, what are the similarities and what are the differences that you see? Well, the similarities are, you know, the defense is really playing good. The defense is ranked up there on the top, I think, in most every category right now. That's basically how we were. We would keep track, you know, where we stack up in the league, who's, who's playing tough. Uh, so they're keeping track too. They want to be number one. Um, I think, you know, having Ben and and the weapons he's got right now is a little bit different. Maybe. I don't know if when we were playing, uh, there was as many weapons on offense, you know, it was grind the game out, running the ball. We had weapons, but we really ran the football and that was our mentality. So it's, it's awesome to see how the game's kind of evolved to an air-out game, and you have, you know, these freak guys like Claypool that they just got that can really stretch the field in so many ways and make it tough for a defense, especially like line to get pressure and things like that because you've got all these stretch things you've got to prepare for too. Um, whenever you guys are looking at other defenses that you're competing against to become the number one defense, are you looking like, oh, those guys are getting two sacks a game and a couple of – like, is that – you guys are like, okay, we have to – or is it just like kind of just keeping an eye on what everybody's doing? Is it like an actual, okay, they're getting like three, we need to get four sacks a game, we need – this is the number we need to get to? So much of it wasn't sacks. When I was playing, Coach LeBeau had a goal sheet, you know, each week. It didn't change that much, and it was, you know, yards per rush, and we would have a couple sacks in there and a turnover. Things that led to victories, statistically. 
So that's what you're keeping track of is statistically what are the things I can do throughout the course of the game that's going to put me on an edge to win that game. And some of them were like 17 points a game, holding a rusher under 100 yards. Things like that are going to lead you to being an elite defense and putting your team in chance to win. Brett, uh, I saw you were born in Provo, and I know that you went to BYU. Recently, we saw a video of this like big American lion that was oh. stalking this guy for like six minutes. Seeing as that you're a you know a rabid outdoorsman, have you encountered anything like that, or like what's the the, the craziest beast you've seen in the wild? That's that thing was yeah. 14 feet. It, it looked like that. I did not know <laughs> our lions were that big, Brett. I had oh. no idea that dude was running backwards yeah. at the time. He's like, okay, okay, knock it off, ah, ah. and the the, the, the lion was on its back feet <laughs> i had no idea we had that in america i had no clue a mother's love man mother's <laughs> love. she was like hey you do not get around my cubs and when he started backing up she's like i got you on the ropes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, just, you live in the wild and it's freaky out there you know nature is in control i just got back from a 10-day trip to alaska hunting moose Woo. and we lived on the river for 10 days and we lived out there and it is wild and you better be prepared if you step out into the wild on what to do if you are encountered by a predator that could be there so there are those out in the woods you need to know what to do and if if i would give you some advice man just just grab him by the neck, give him a wrestle like a single leg takedown, <laughs> hit him in a, in a single hold, and walk off. You'll be fine. It's easy to say when you're like six Brett, two like that, <laughs> Brett, we cannot be the show that is known as giving out safety advice with an American Lion. Drop, take a single leg, okay? Yep. Then get its back like you're Steve Irwin on a damn crocodile, okay? Then get it, get in a rear naked. Oh! Oh! In a rear naked. You guys are the wrestlers, right? I mean, I don't know that terminology, right? Oh. I mean, uh, oh, we did. It's, it's it is freaky out there sometimes. I've <laughs> I've hunted before in grizzly territory and things like that, and you have to be careful. You gotta if you're going out, why not pack a thing of pepper spray or bear spray? They got they sell them Sorry. at all the stores That's you can get. If you're going in the wild, it's easy to pack one of those and hook it right on your belt. That's what we had to do when we were out in Alaska. So that's an easy fix. If you get into trouble with a predator coming at you, hit them with some pepper spray. And uh, that'll usually fix it. Yeah. Hey, great. See, look what Hell you just yeah. did right there. Wow. Look, hey, 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 we just saved lives. Oh, we just saved lives there. It's a good show. Um, That's what we do here on this show, right? <laughs> That's right. We save lives. Well, how did you know it was time to retire? You had a hell of a career, man. A hell of a career. You were on top of the world. How did you know it was time? Oh, the old body told me. My last snap was against the Saints here in Pittsburgh in November, and uh, the tricep ripped right off my elbow. Jeez. And it was just time. I really did want to come back. I trained and everything to get my tricep as close to back to normal as I could. But, you know, I could just feel like it was time. And I didn't want to play for for any other team other than Pittsburgh. I'd spent my whole career here in Pittsburgh and they kind of helped with that decision, you know, <laughs> letting me know that, look, your your injury sheet is like this big, buddy, and there's two of them. That's <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta be smart. And I wanted to have, you know, I wanna have life after football. I wanna be able to play 
with my kids and run around and tackle mountain lions in the wild. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. It looks like you're enjoying the hell out of your life. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us, boss. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Oh, we'll BYU. You again, I hope. BYU might go on a run. By the way, they look BYU's good. BYU's going a long way, you know. This is a betting deal, so I would watch those boys. They got a tough squad, and uh, I like Pittsburgh this week, too. Did you? you know that. <laughs> amen, amen. We like Pittsburgh as well in this game, not strictly because uh, we come from Pittsburgh and you joined our show and you're on here currently, but also because I just think they'll be able to stop Derek more than Tennessee will be able to stop Ben in that offense. That's just, that's just simple betting for me. That's just how I feel like it's going to work out. That BYU team, though, I was teammates with Austin Colley, and it was when uh, Mitt Romney was running for president. So we were doing a cardio session next to each other, and I was like, hey, Austin, I just want to kind of learn about this guy who could potentially be our president a little bit, what he believes, because I didn't know anything about the religion or anything like that. He told me about his experience at BYU. His freshman year, he had like eight touchdowns or something. He broke like a bunch of BYU records as a freshman. Then he got a call to go then he got called to go on his mission trip for two years in the middle of that. Couldn't play football, no electricity, no internet. He had to write his family. He was down in Argentina, I think. And then he comes back, ends up making it to the NFL and did you go on a mission trip while you were in college? I did not. I did not go on a mission. I went down there. I went down to play a tight end. That was uh, what they recruited me as. That's where I thought I would play, and it didn't really work out. And then kind of after, you know, my first year, I got switched up, and all my buddies took off on missions and whatnot, and I started acting up a little bit, (laughs) shaking up, and uh, I ended up losing my scholarship and losing everything I'd kind of worked for, and I had to go to a junior college, and I went to Snow College in Ephraim, Utah. I switched from tight end to defense and uh, played one semester at Snow College, and it was great for me because I realized what I'd lost. You know, Instead of getting cleats and gloves and stuff with my scholarship and my books paid, I had to buy all those things, and I had to save money to pay for all the things I needed during you know my semester down there so it was a great learning experience getting knocked on your butt and realizing the opportunity maybe you could do and luckily BYU brought me back and I was able to finish my junior and senior year there and uh, playing defense and then Pittsburgh drafted me with the 242nd pick I was 222 and they always say they always say the span from 221 to 243 that is where all the ballers are created ladies and gentlemen two-time super bowl champ from his barn good luck this afternoon in the stand brett kiesel thank you sir cheers guys cheers yeah you too man he's awesome what a legend good guy Good guy there. He's calling he's his barn. He's enjoying retirement. I don't, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, uh, there is surprisingly a lot of people that hunt. Obviously, oh, yeah. you get first day of uh, buck season uh, off. off. You know, so it's like one of those oh, things. Nice. In Pittsburgh. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. Like no Pittsburgh. School. Pittsburgh's like that, by the way. That is what Pittsburgh is. Huh. Yeah, just gritty. Hey, we're gonna go do it. What we gonna do out there? <laughs> I do believe from learning from my old man was a big outdoors guy. Loved to go hunt. Mm. Uh, my brother and I did it a few times. Uh, it just wasn't really my thing. You know what I mean? Just but my dad. Very much into it. By the way, I can still shoot a gun though. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, getting yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. I, 
I do have like Hawkeye on that thing. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I have it. Um, but I do believe the deer move in the morning. Like right now is not a good time. He's going to have to wait probably another five hours oh, yeah. for anything to Dusk. happen. Dusk is mm-hmm. when they move. And that is uh, also at my house. I have a family of deer. We see them in the morning. They're out there in the back. Yeah. And then at the night, you see them. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, the coyote knew their... Uh, Coyotes out there yeah, now? They knew, they knew their movement patterns as well, it oh, turns man. out. Oh, What's the coyotes oh, no. well, the coyote caught one of our deer, oh, and I'll no. tell you what. Oh, that's a shame. Did it, it really? a brutal, uh, brutal thing in the back. What about the Don't raccoons? let the coyote pick up the raccoons. No, yeah. no, the raccoons are good. Don't you worry about yeah, the raccoons. For now. Oh, come Until on. Until the apex predator finds them. I mean, them. you yeah. were putting yourself in... Quite a spot. Oh, you're, you're talking about potential heartbreak city whenever this all ends terribly? <laughs> when? I mean, when? wait until you got a mountain lion in your backyard because it's, a, it's Listen, a feast zone. I did not it's know. It's a game trail. I did not know that these coyotes <laughs> are this vicious. Oh, no. yeah. There was a pool of blood in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. Two what? of them. And it was just dragged. It was insane. I had no idea. Very tender meat. They yeah. love it. Could not. <laughs> I took my dogs out in the backfield to go on a run. Not oh. a good idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. I forgot about it. It was like two weeks later. I completely forgot about it. We're out there. Old Chuck the Corgi's fucking got his nose to the ground. What is it? Oh, it's a skull of a deer. I'm like, oh, my God. Get <laughs> out of here. Get out of here. Good God. That was oh. one of your uh, pet brothers or sisters. <laughs> it was bad. I think you're going to tell me he was running with a limb in his mouth. No, no. He was, trying, he was, he was booping the head. Oh, jeez. Like, oh, he, he does a boop thing with his nose. The mm-hmm. Corgi just boop, boop, boop. That thing, like he'll let you know when he needs something. Like, bang, 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 got a piss. Like you know what I mean? It's goddamn graveyard back there. He now. went there and was just going nose to nose with a skull oh. of a deer. It was just, it was bad scene. I was dad of the year. I had to get him out of there. I had to distract him. You need to get some claymores around the perimeter. What's that? You need to set up some claymores around the perimeter. Like Drew McIntyre kick? Is that what? It, That'd be a good idea. Well, bringing claymores. Is that like anti tank mine in case those things come back? The coyotes. Yeah. yeah. The coyotes are not good for the uh, the harmony of the house. No, uh, I will say it does feel like everybody's on edge when the coyotes are back there, and they just. I seen them just run down the street one day when I was coming home. We landed late night. Uh, it was like two, three a.m. or whatever, and I'm driving home, and I got like a little bit of a country road after driving down to get to my house. This thing was just just running down the street like we were past like two two ships in the night. It was just jogging right down the middle of the street. I was like, is that a fucking dog? Somebody needs to get that dog some food. And I look at it. It's like. It got blood. Dri- That's is that a coyote? That's a coyote, and that thing's just roaming around. Probably just got done murdering. Yeah, exact yeah, yeah, yeah. belly full of deer brains. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Brett Kiesel's out there looking for that right now. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, hopefully, he gets- <laughs> That's how we started that conversation. <laughs> Hopefully he, uh, you know, gets everything you could uh, possibly want out there. Uh, so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that uh, Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company. So they're not just some big corporation that overcharges for shades. Everyone knows that sunglasses all come from the same factory and all sunglasses are way overpriced. But Shady Rays is out to do it differently with premium polarized shades at a fraction of the big name bullshit cost. Love hearing that. Shady Rays also has one of the best warranties in all of eyewear. Replacements of shades if they're lost or broken for any reason. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if your shades... Yeah, crunch in half. It doesn't matter if your shades... Get rolled over by your car. It doesn't matter if your shades... Get eaten by your dog. It doesn't matter if your shades... Bust against the wall. You toss them against the wall, you know? It doesn't matter if your shades... Get lost in the ocean. Doesn't matter if your shades... Fall off the boat. Any of these things. I would assume the last two kind of go hand in hand with each other, but good run there by Ty. They will replace them. 
Try that with your high-priced shades and see if they'll help you. No, they won't. You go over to one of them high-priced, overpriced asshole shades company, and you say, hey, sunglasses just got thrown into a wall. They broke. Is there any way to give me another one? They say, uh, let's take it easy on the glasses. They're very nice. Not Shady Ray. Shady Ray says, you know what? You're right. Here's another one. Here you go. Even with that strong of a warranty, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding in our hands here are just as good as any other expensive pair that we have ever worn. Polarized lenses that look perfectly clear, and most Shady Rays are only 48 bucks. They also have the blue tint glasses, blue Hue glasses, mm-hmm. and whenever you wear them, people say, hey, cool, cool glasses. glasses. Shady Rays also provides, listen to this, 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order placed and have already provided over 10 million meals to date. So they're good people, too. Great people, making the world a better place, especially right here. In America. Sorry, Canada. Uh, They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns, free exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. Exclusively for listeners of this show, they have the best deal they have to offer. This is a holiday season-like deal. Wow. Use code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, for 25% off any pair of shades at ShadyRays.com. You can get a quality, polarized pair of sunglasses or blue hue glasses that have come in incredible designs for as low as 36 bucks with this deal. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades by the way 36 bucks whenever you you know get 25 percent off using code mcafee at shadyrays.com and if you break them because you're a stooge they'll replace them that is a lot less than what i spent for my last pair of sunglasses and what happened to your last pair of sunglasses Uh, you know i lost them actually well normally that's what the case you either lose them or you put them in your pocket you sit down you break them Mm -hmm. shady ray says we understand that's a problem bang we'll replace them Good people. Great people. Great glasses. Great glasses. Cool, cool glasses. glasses. Back to the show. Well, speaking of fight, there's a man who's an insider in the fight game. A guy who stinks. A man who's here to talk about <laughs> Khabib Gaethje this weekend. Don Aaron, Yass Island. Ladies and gentlemen, ESPN MMA guy, Ariel Hawan. Yeah! Oh, Oh, Harlem Heat, dude. I love what you're doing there. Trolling a little bit with Booker T. Is this what you're... Are you trying to stir the pot, Ariel? It sure feels like you're trying to stir the pot there a little bit, pal. What? What? Oh. That? No, no. You mean mean Harlem lukewarm? Oh! Oh, Oh, shit! I haven't seen Booker T since I laid the verbal smackdown on him on my highly rated show, DC and Hawani, a couple weeks ago, (laughs) I was wondering if you guys could tell me if you have heard from him. And I just wanted to remind you what he looked like in his prime when he was riding the coattails of his more talented brother, Stevie Ray. Wow. I come in peace. I come in peace, I swear. I think you got those backwards, but I like where your head's at there. You pointed the wrong shoulder, but hey. Come on, I'm trying to do it the opposite. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Well, by the way, Booker T would be able to do that because he's a far superior athlete than you will ever be in your entire life and would be the hell out of you. But that is not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about bug windshield fight, Booker T, Ariel Hawani. (laughs) On one of your shows, by the way, do you just just have a show with every human that's ever fought in a cage before? Because you got Ariel and the bad guy, you got DC and Ariel. You have a collection of podcasts over there for all the fighters could possibly need. 
Well, the thing is, you know, a lot of these fighters uh, have become friends, and unfortunately, when they were fighting, uh, you know, they didn't make a ton of money. So now that they're retired and they're not active anymore, I feel like it's part of my duty to bring them along and set them up for their futures. So, you know, I gave Chael the handout two and a half years ago. DC just retired. I gave him the handout as well. I'm trying to give him the rub. You know, I'm trying to put them over. Sort of like what you're doing to those guys over at NXT. But I have to say, Pat, you have a brand that is up here. You're, uh, you're, you're aligning yourself with two guys who, if they walked into my house right now and slapped me in the face, I wouldn't know who those jabrons are. And <laughs> yeah, well, you wouldn't know who they were because you'd be, you'd be slapped right the to CTE City, stupid ass. Oh! Are you kidding me? Danny Burch used to run the streets of London just beating the hell out of everybody. Only Lorcan up there in Boston. They walk into your house, by the way. They would uh, take everything you have, slap you in the mouth. You'd go to CT City. be like Men in Black when Will Smith showed up with that little thing. That's what it would be like. Look here. Bang, dead. Don't remember a single thing. That's all the reason why you wouldn't know who they were, Ariel. Get the hell out of I mean, it looks like generic tag team guy. Oh! Oh! Nineteen eighty nine jobbers from Maple Leaf Wrestling. You're I mean, a come scumbag. On. You could do better. Th- I mean, look at this. Oh, really cool, creative trunks you guys got there. Black oh, oh wow! They're old school, Ariel. Yeah. They're the old school. Look, can we trim that thing up there? I mean, it's disgusting. Come on. Oh my! They're old school, and they beat your ass. And those two that you're referring to right there in a negative fashion are the current NXT Tag Team Champions. Hottest brand in sports entertainment. They're the champs of the tag team division, which is the most highly sought after division in all of sports entertainment and professional wrestling. So why don't you eat a bag of Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch shit? Hey, Pat, I'm sorry. I just got off the phone with, I believe his name is uh, Brian Armstrong, a.k.a. Road Dog Jesse James. He wants his 1998 gimmick back. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, whenever I say it, the millions, and millions of people Again, love it, Ariel. You know another ripoff. Can we come up with some, I mean, even the NWO, I mean, can we come up with some new material, guys? You've got a whole team over there. You've got the great Mike Mansuri by your side. Can we come up with something a little more creative? That's all I ask. That's what? All I, I hold you to a high standard. What? 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 Again. What? what? 2003. What? I mean, we, we, what? Here I am. What? Right. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, let's get to why you're here. Yes. Here you go. Yes. Uh, UFC 254 is happening tomorrow. It is headlined by a man who has wrestled actual bears and swam against a frozen river, which seemed to be at a stage five current in Khabib. He is 28-0, 13-0 in the UFC, but only three title defenses. He's taking on a man who ends his interviews by saying, enjoy the carnage, old Gaethje from America. How do you see this one uh, panning out? And why, why is this going to be an awesome fight? All right. Well, there's a lot there, um, and I'm sure you know Dana will tell you on the Instagram live later today. But I'll beat him to the punch and give you the real lowdown here. This is a fascinating fight for multiple reasons. Number one, Habib, as you may know, is a perfect 28 and 0, best record in MMA right now. The man has only lost one round in his UFC career. He's a perfect 12 and 0. Uh, the, the the longest winning streak to start a UFC career, by the way, 16 and 0. Anderson Silva. So if he wins on Saturday, that will put him in second place all time. He's the most dominant fighter in the history of the sport unfortunately 
earlier this year, tragically, he lost his father, Abdul Manab, due to uh, complications regarding COVID-19. Now, Abdul Manab wasn't just his father. He was his best friend. He was his mentor. He was his head coach. I mean, they could not have been any closer. This is his first fight since his, uh, his, his, his horrendous passing. And so a lot of people are curious to see how he's going to respond to all of that. And oh, by the way, a lot of people, including myself, believe that Justin Gaethje, the highlight, the man you just referred to, who has won four fights in a row all via finish, is his toughest opponent to date. Mm. Skill set wise, Justin Gaethje presents a lot of problems for Khabib. Why? Because he's an all-American from northern Colorado. He's a great wrestler. He's got great takedown defense. He's got power, tremendous power in both hands. He's a better striker than Khabib. Pat, if he could keep this fight in the middle of the cage tomorrow afternoon, and yes, my, my bosses at ESPN want to remind you that it's tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern. There's nothing else going on in the world of sports. I checked the schedule. There's nothing else going on Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. If he could keep this fight, Justin could keep this fight at the center of the octagon and not get pressed up against the cage, he will have a lot of success. And then if he can use his leg kicks to keep Habib at bay and then use the power in his hands, this is going to be fascinating theater and he could be the first man to beat Habib. Remember, back when Connor fought Habib two years ago, when Habib was taking Connor down in the center of the cage connor got back up when he was taking him down up against the cage connor had some trouble that's the key to watch in this fight saturday afternoon espn is also the owner i believe of the largest college football rights out of all the networks huh. so nothing else going on just fighting the afternoon there uh from yas island uh, obviously espn plus go ahead and check that out the the thought though that you just said there if gagey can keep it in the middle of the ring or whatever you know what everybody says going against uh habib and that's damn near obviously impossible he's only lost one round you just said i did not know that little factoid there is this gagey's our guy right he's been wrestling since seven years old and everything you just said there he's a good wrestler so if habib wants to wrestle he'll maybe be able to keep up but doesn't everybody say that they're going to be able to do that? And this dude is just, it's a boring fight, the last one I watched. And I've seen videos of him talking to the person while he's beating the shit out of him. Like, I, I, the video I watched, I think it was on the Sports Center uh, IG. He said, uh, I'm sorry, I deserve this. Bang! Punches the guy in the face. Uh, 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 this is how it's business. Bang! Punching him in the face. Like, he's having full conversations while he's killing these people. Does Gaethje, Gaethje obviously believes he has a chance, but the people that, like, in the real fighting world, we should be hammering Habib here? Is that what we should be doing in a gambling uh, sense of this whole thing? Uh, I, I suppose you didn't listen to my previous answer. I did. I heard you sell. But what you said but what you said is what opponent. you say for every time this person no, Habib fights that's somebody. Not true. Yeah, Listen, you say it every I time. Stand, I don't make any money off these pay-per-views. I'm not here to promote anything. I'm here to tell it like it is, like the great Howard Cosell did many moons ago on Monday Night Football. That's what I do. I tell it like it is. And trust me when I say, if the Justin Gaethje who showed up this past May against Tony Ferguson shows up tomorrow, Habib is in for a tough fight. And here we go. Way, okay, we're guys. So we're gonna bet on Gaethje. So we're betting on Gaethje. Come on. Can I just say this? By the way, I don't know if you saw the weigh-ins earlier today. It was at 1 a.m. I had to stay up way past my bedtime. Oh, yeah. Earlier today, Khabib did not look great on the scale. He looked very relieved when they announced 155. There are a couple people who think that they were a little quick on the draw with the scale as well. Was it a tough cut historically? He has tough cuts. But I'm just saying, if he depleted himself on the way to the cage tomorrow, that could be another factor in Justin Gaethje's favor. Oh, 
Oh man, there's so much that goes into it because he looked miserable this morning. He he was the nude guy behind the thing that they they put on there because even his tights could be a point oh 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 one pound that could get him over there and disqualify him from the fight, which would have been obviously bad bad news. He looked uh, yeah completely depleted. But isn't that kind of something that happened? Like I remember Connor. I remember seeing Connor like this, and he looked like uh, he maybe 110 pounds. He looked like one of those people on those ads. It's like uh, pre drugs, post meth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he came back the next night like 20 pounds heavier or whatever first of all i'm not going to sit here and allow you to besmirch the great name of conor mcgregor no no i'm a don't you even don't you even try to say that pal it was 145 to be exact. And yes, he was very depleted, but he doesn't fight at that weight anymore. And yeah, this is a typical thing. Uh, Connor has never missed weight. Habib has, but he looked fine. I mean, okay. I'm just saying there, there are some people who said, you know, whoa, a little too depleted. Look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of pressure on Habib's shoulders right now because he is a massive star. He's trying to get to 30 and 0. He's trying to prove to everyone that he is the best fighter in the world, but goat, all that stuff and more. And he's fighting in the Middle East right now where he is just a massive star. Look, I'll drop this knowledge for you. I know you have no idea who this person is, but Khabib is probably the second most famous Muslim athlete on the planet behind Mo Salah of Liverpool. Oh, get to mine! This guy, get the hell out of here! I know Mo Salah! Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. He plays real football, by the way, not that other stuff that you guys play over there. Whoa! Not even going to get into that hack-ass joke that you just had there. Not even going to get into it. Um, It, But don't you think... a lot of pressure. Khabib, though, like him losing his dad, his best friend, his training... I feel like this was one of those ones where after the fight you see him like uh, yeah. you, like the full uh, like Favre. super emotional, mm-hmm. yeah. this yeah. is for my dad type thing. I'm very... Brett Favre, Monday Night Football back in the day. I think someone may have just said that. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I think he has been very good in dealing with this and uh, saying all the right things. And all jokes aside... I feel a little uncomfortable like turning this into a storyline as some people have tried to do. I mean, it, it's his dad and they were incredibly close, but I wouldn't be surprised, A, if he wins, there's a few things to look out for. He's going to get very emotional, no doubt about yeah. it. The last time he fought was 13 months ago. His dad was by his side for the first time in his UFC career. He's back in the same place that he fought 13 months ago, Abu Dhabi. I'm sure he's going to be very emotional, and who could, you know, who, who can begrudge him for that? And 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 B, the other thing to look out for is he has made this sort of pact with his dad that he would retire at 30 and 0. So if he wins on Saturday. It would be 29-0, and 0, and he has always had this dream of fighting the great George Rush St. Pierre of St. Isidore, Quebec, Canada. And he, uh, he has said that he wants to go after that fight. And George is retired right now, but he has expressed interest in making that fight happen. So I'm really curious to see if he gets on the microphone and drops a promo, sort of like the promo you did on Wednesday after they stopped rolling, but they gave you like the exclusive WWE.com treatment, which means they didn't really care enough to put it on live television, but they wanted to serve your ego and put it somewhere. He'll be on live television. He'll actually drop the promo. Jesus Christ! I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, there's a whole fact that I could dive into there <laughs> that should actually make that promo look about, I don't know, 5,000 times actually better than what it actually yeah. looks like. Just the circumstances that revolved around said promo happening and why it was a social exclusive. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that? What are you talking about? You're talking about your promo, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about so Let's pro- shoot, brother. Let's shoot right now. Let's well, go. There was no, there was not, I was not supposed to cut a promo there, obviously. 
I was obviously not. Uh, I was coming in there. I was coming in there strictly to do a job to announce to the world that me in the NXT Tag Team Champions, the greatest tag team on planet Earth, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch are now a team. And maybe I've been cooking some things. Uh, up behind the scenes potentially that's what it was there for but things went so well obviously because i was involved rating spike this is what happens and they were like hey uh, boom he tossed me a microphone basically out of nowhere and they're like go ahead and i'm like all right here we go so that's how that was it wasn't like a oh you know we'll make we'll feed his ego complete complete opposite i, I didn't want to say oh. anything i was letting my actions speak for themselves right. yeah. Oh, yeah. and i was i was told no sir you are so good on the microphone. That's what they said. You are unbelievable on the microphone. We need you to speak right now. And I'm like, hey, listen, it's great to be back. Go ahead and give me that motherfucking microphone. I'll do what you whoa, need whoa, me to do. Whoa. You can swear on this show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wow. my world, man. It's my network. I dream of the day. I dream of the day. I know you are your own boss. Uh, no, that's great. Do I you mean, swear? Uh, you, I don't think you swear. So, You're so no, Mickey Mouse I'm now. Really There's no way you swear. Yeah. There's no way. I, I'm, I'm corporate Helwani now. You know, like when, <laughs> when Rock went from, you know, yeah. Rocky Maivia to... Um, in any event, uh, I, I, I thought the promo was great. I just was surprised that they would put you on the WWE.com exclusive as opposed to on live television since they thought so highly of you. Well, it doesn't matter, dude. That's a, that's a problem with you network people. You think that it yeah, yeah. matters. They'll give you the old quibby rant that you went on. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, bro. There's more more people who see that thing on the internet than like I don't. By the way, if they were to put everything that I did strictly on the internet, I'm like, yeah, that's Perfect. I'm I'm cool with that because you know. I'm not a corporate shill like you. You know what I mean? Listen, oh. listen, listen. I was oh. dominating the internet while you were, you know, doing laces out with Adam Vinatieri back in the day. Oh. About the, the internet, all right, buddy? All right, you're a bit of a Johnny come lately here. And you can talk to me about, you know, the internet, okay? Because I am middle man. Ariel Internet Helwani. Okay, let's just call it like it is. Well, other people have middle names for you. Uh, we don't have to dive into that at the moment. But the um, how did you start? You were just a just a podcast in the basement guy, and then all of a sudden you just started. People started liking I mean, you. What the the disrespect? You've got fourteen people back there. We started in a basement. And, we I mean, started no, in a, ba- a very large basement. It was no, a I'm mansion, just saying, no but it was a- out the the Wikipedia page. I mean, no one gave you a little research. I don't think you have one. I mean, come on, it's a bit disrespectful to not know about cares. my true rags to riches story. I came from nothing. From absolutely nothing, here I am. From nothing to something to everything. I'm in my spare bedroom <laughs> talking to you. This guy. Spare. Listen, congratulations. I respect it. But the way you deliver makes you, uh, you know, very punchable. And I think that is what a lot of people would say. What do you got, Connor? Uh, Hiawani, I, like a lot of people in the world, only care about the UFC when, like, a handful of people are fighting. Uh, you mentioned one of them, McGregor, and then another one, John Jones. Uh, when are those two going to be back in the ring? Okay, first of all, I love the, the Hitman Heart glasses. Those are tremendous. Thank you. Um, number one, Conor McGregor, you know? probably January 23rd. That's the date that they're talking about against Dustin Poirier. It's not a done deal just yet, um, but that's the, the direction they're, they're moving towards. Um, location TBD, probably Las Vegas. Uh, John Jones is kind of up in the air right now. He's putting on some muscle, trying to get up to heavyweight. He dropped the light heavyweight title. The new champion is Jan Bohovic. And they're saying that they want to do Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight champ against Francis Ngannou, which is the fight to make February or March. 
I think they should keep John for the winner of that fight because John Jones making his heavyweight debut against the champion would be big box office, but perhaps he gets antsy and comes back. And as of right now, no talks whatsoever with John. He's saying he's taking his time. He's waiting to see how the heavyweight title picture plays out. He's adding some muscle, and uh, they're kind of just leaving him alone at this point. Ariel, uh, for, for your safety, you should take that Booker T, Stevie Ray, Harlem Heat background down, man. I, I just don't want to see Booker T slapping you around at a Starbucks in New York. Yeah, uh, true. That would, yeah. He would oh, yeah. beat the hell out of you. And I'm not sure if there's any Starbucks in New York at the moment or whatever, yeah. but you should knock <laughs> no. a caught around. And don't go to Harlem either. Don't yeah, go to Harlem. Stay off of 125th in it, Harlem, brother. Harlem lukewarm. Get it right, <laughs> Mansuri. Lukewarm. I mean, at best, at best, lukewarm. Probably cold at this point since they're so relevant. But shout out to Stevie oh, Ray. We are an idiot. Yeah. All right, I'm done with it. The, um, what time does that thing start tomorrow? Two o'clock in the afternoon? Well, the pay-per-view starts at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. you got the prelims at 11. By the way, I'll be hosting a pre-show on ESPN Radio at 1 p.m. Eastern. Really? ESPN Radio pre-show. Oh, my God. That's right. Holy That's shit. Right. All right, That's so how right. do we do that? We go in our car, and it's like yep. the, uh, the AM dial where we head to. Yeah. Terrestrial radio, the, the future of radio, to be exact. You turn your dial to whatever ESPN radio affiliate that is near you. I don't know about you guys over there in Indiana. 1070 the fans. Like 1070 yeah. the fans. 1070. There you go. There you go. And uh, you can listen to the, uh, the dulcet <laughs> tones of the nose, dropping knowledge. As you go to your UFC 254 party, wherever it may be, on whatever farm you guys hang out over there in the <laughs> oh, and, uh, well, We respect you can COVID drop and some social distancing. And be the cool guy at the party. No, we respect no social party. distancing. So where you're from, you know, where you guys have your gatherings and you guys like open your apartment whole windows, you know what I mean? And like kind of reach your hands outside. We go on fields that we have, okay? Because everybody has to be at least six feet apart, you see? We do. The barnyard, yeah. uh, the, like the, the, the barn, what are those things called? The races that you guys do on the horses? You guys, it's one at a time, right? What the hell are you talking about? You're so dumb, I can't. You're so dumb, I can't even. I can't, I can't fathom it. Ariel, you're incredible at what you do. I believe ESPN Radio is also on Sirius, so just a couple mm, channels sure. either up or down yes. where we're at right now. I believe 80, 80 to be exact. Okay, so we're on 82 right now. Go ahead and turn dial down a couple there. A Ariel Hawani, ESPN Radio, 1 o'clock pre-show. Are you kidding Let's me? Go. Then at 2 o'clock ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Uh, big time. What, what time do you think that Habib Gaethje fight will be for those who potentially don't want to watch six hours of fights? Yeah. Well, uh, I think you're making a huge mistake if you don't do that. I understand. It's a great card. Uh, if I were to guess it, it's not like boxing. They don't do it like, oh, he has to walk at this time. It kind of just goes on on you know how quick the card goes. But I'll say around 4.30-ish Eastern time, that is. Okay, thank you. So I'll watch, obviously, all the way through. But right. 4.30, I'll be focused in. And I can't wait to put on a uh, – I'm going to post this weekend, me listening to ESPN Radio at 1 o'clock to that damn show. Wow. Hell yeah. You'll give me the rub? Yeah, You'll I will. me over? Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, hey, listen, there is one person listening to this. I'm such wow. a nice guy. I'm such wow. a nice guy. That's I mean, I see your random tweets of you watching TV is very riveting stuff like eight second clips of you yelling in your house <laughs> I'd love to get put over like that one of these days I mean, I'll get a ton of heat at ESPN because I hear in the halls of Bristol you're not the biggest most popular person right now but I would love it personally because it would mean a lot to me uh, Booker call me if you're still around I don't know like is it are we done like is that it are you done like if we're done I'll back off but I just want to know if you're still around that's all like are you good I just want to know if you still have you know a pull that's all that's all I'm asking all right, that's it. <laughs> Ariel Hawani, sucker. Let's go. Can't thank you enough for rocking with us this week. Obviously, did somebody just die? 
It sounded like someone fell through uh, like a scaffolding. Or something. <laughs> it did, it yeah. did sound like T's and P's of that person. They're yeah. not having a good Friday, but no. I know we are. That's right. And uh, we can't thank you enough for listening, watching, being a part of this family. Hashtag one of McAfee's million, which is our $100,000 giveaway uh, at our YouTube page that we were doing there, will now be announced on Tuesday. We tried to gather all of the names off of Instagram and Twitter that entered. It was over 30,000 entries. A lot of names. That does take a lot of time compiling all those names. Which we, I think I potentially underestimated the amount of time it would I don't take. think any of us knew how long it was going to take. So the boys are going to take a weekend to continue to gather these names. We'll be giving away $100,000. And the fact that we had over 30,000 entries is like so cool. The people that listen to our shit, watch our shit, we have no idea why, but we can't thank you enough for it. All of our guests that take time out of their day to come chat with us, we can't thank them enough for it. The only people we truly aren't grateful for in our lives is a stupid wrestling community. That's right. Self-centered. Know-it-alls. It's great to be back into that world. I'm very excited for what you have planned. Because... In the wrestling world, I'm a heel, which is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because their fans are the dumbest group of people on earth. Yeah. They don't even, they, something shows up in front of their eyes that is potentially a savior to their entire existence. It's a business, yeah. Potentially. And they just, they throw rocks at things that shine like Taylor Swift says. They're a bunch of idiots. What do you expect? So other than them, we want to let everybody know. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to do this for a living. We'll continue to rock with you. We'll continue to chat with you. We'll hopefully continue to be a part of your day where you can escape all the other bullshit and be a mental vacation and learn and uh, hopefully be entertained by a little bit of sports talk. Have the greatest weekend of your entire life. We will see you on Monday. If you like this show, please be a friend and tell a friend. If you did not enjoy the show, just act like it never happened. Because, to be honest, we wish that you didn't listen either. Yeah. Have the greatest weekend of your life. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these incredible humans, the listeners of the Pat McAfee Show 2.0, into the greatest weekend of their entire life. Cheers. We'll see you Monday.